<laughs> I bet you were thinking I was going to play the Jeopardy theme. <laughs> I mean, everybody's Jeopardy themed out, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we were doing this first thing in the morning, I, I would have dropped it. Um, but now it's it's done. We, now, you know, we can look forward to. By what? the way, hello. It's 324. Uh, it's Eric, Alex, Eric Chase and the fan. Welcome to the podcast edition of the show. Uh, so they, they haven't named any any replacement or who is going to succeed. We should be careful with where we what word we use to describe who's ever next for Alex Trebek. Um, there's no announcement, no timeline for when someone will step into that role. Uh, but it looks like December 25th will be his final last new show to air. Oh, that's awful. And I'm guessing, to, so tonight, um, 7.30 as usual on, uh, on WTOL, I'll try to watch it because uh, I'm guessing something tear-jerking will happen likely at the beginning of the show, maybe at the end as well. Probably. that. Yeah, watch that and then send it to me so I can watch. Oh, you're putting know. it on me? Yes, I am. Okay, I'll figure it out. Even if I don't get it live, it'll pop up on Twitter. And I guess other markets might show it earlier than 7.30. But yeah, I'm guessing something tonight will happen when Jeopardy hits. Uh, and it'll be a new episode, something they've already previously taped. But something will happen tonight at 7.30. I thought when I saw that, I thought of you immediately because I remember how many times we were like, oh my God, and Alex Trebek is still alive. I know. <laughs> I, feel, I felt like a dickhead kind of. <laughs> Well, I, I think when, when the uh, the diagnosis was, I think, like February of last year. Yeah. And I was the one that was like, hey, everybody, say goodbye now because he ain't going to make it like five months. Uh, but here we are like a year and a half later. And then, of course, my mind goes to, I wonder how exactly he died. Like, oh, I don't know. You know, my morbid curiosity. And like, I watched my mom die. Like, I just envisioned myself seeing how exactly he he went away because and it it's just a, a curiosity that i have yeah i'm not sure that's sad but something you brought up last week not that i'm putting your alex's not that i'm putting alex trebek's passing on you but you are the only person that, that made made sure i knew about al roker's cancer diagnosis <laughs> i was and i was like oh my god no 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 al roker He's America's sweetheart. He's America's weatherman. He is. He's America's weatherman. And I was like, what the hell is this? So his, his, his reveal of its prostate cancer, I believe, was last week. Hopefully that will, uh, he will beat that. And then I guess the other big cancer. Have you been following the Shannon Doherty stuff? I was just thinking Shannon Doherty. I'm like, the only other person I can think of is Shannon Doherty. Well, besides John Travolta's wife passing of cancer this year. Yeah. And Shannon Doherty, I, I watched something on Entertainment Tonight or, or some show like that about her a couple of weeks ago. And like everything in, in the mixer of that story is she's going to die real soon, but she's fighting it and keeps like, you know, she's got this belief that stage four can't take me down. And that's really, I guess, the only attitude you can have. But her situation seems bleak. That's so sad. I mean, I don't know any of these people, but... It's just really sad. It's awful. I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, let's come back to Alex Trebek in, in one second. A couple of things to, uh, to throw out there. COVID-wise, um, within the last hour, TPS has announced that everybody's going, uh, everybody's going virtual again beginning next Monday. Um, I don't know about other school districts. Some, I think Monroe had already done that. So mm -hmm. 
even before the election happened and things were ramping back up, I was hoping more people around the COVID situation would say, and, and I know you can't message it this way because then that would let people off the hook, but we kind of expected this surge to happen with um, people being back in buildings again, schools mostly, people getting lax, people being mm-hmm. just the, the Dales typed, uh, the Dales type bar that got up. Mm-hmm. They, they basically invited the uh, liquor bureau or whoever to come in. They were one of the places that got fined recently. So this was expected. Now we just have to do our best to manage it. And uh, the president elect didn't have a mask mandate. Uh, he did say, I implore you to save thousands of American lives, not Republicans or Democrats, but to save lives wearing masks. And he did tweet out, I'm not president until January 13th or whatever the date is, but please wear a mask. And of all places, Utah put a mask mandate in. I saw that. Isn't Utah where um, Abby Huntsman's dad is now the governor? Or he was running at the time. I wonder if he won. I don't know. Uh, Abby Hudson was one of the View co-hosts who left to run to run her father's campaign. Welcome back. Um, to go back to um, the Alex Trebek stuff. Yep. Um, let's share some thoughts here. One, to me, it's the one of the two shows, one of the two game shows that we all have. Everybody's got a memory of. It's like breathing and water. When you st- when you stay home from school, you'd watch Prices Right. And then um, at night before your primetime shows would come on, you'd watch Jeopardy. And until a certain age, you would fail miserably. And then we all hit a certain age in life. And it could be any age. It's like, wow, I'm kind of getting some of these right now. Like, you're, you're, no, you're no Ken Jennings, but it's like, I, I could compete in this. And it's not even Teen Jeopardy. So in, from my perspective, I didn't think I was the sharpest tool in the shed back in the day. So anything intellectual, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I was not having. I would watch the Wheel of Fortune because there was lots of colors and a little spinny <laughs> thing that went round and round. And I would watch that <laughs> and try to guess. And then when Jeopardy would come on, I would turn it off. So Jeopardy actually like triggered me for a while because I was like, this is so boring. Who the hell watches this? It wasn't fascinating for me. It wasn't until I got older that I realized I really like this, and I felt um, a sense of worth when I got the answers correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember, like I just felt dumb watching it, and yep. and, and I and I liked it when I was, uh, you know, when I was growing up and getting into the show. There wasn't the internet to, to waste time on. You had to waste time before your shows by watching Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, usually or often. With your parents, and then there'd be like U.S. history, and you know, fifth grade Eric would be like, "Dad, I love U.S. history," and then I would be like, "Uh, uh,", uh. and then it would be Teen Jeopardy. I'd have a chance on, but then I don't know what age in my life I hit where I I'm like half able to compete in some of these categories. Some of the more like arcane ones, like European artistry or European mm-hmm. museums. It's like I'm lost, but and I maybe it was just the categories getting um being littered with more pop culture things or or easier they were easier questions or categories but there was certainly a a time in my life where the light went on i was like wow i can I, have, I can compete a little bit i have a theory because the same thing happened to me and i was like oh my god did i get smarter <laughs> however my theory is when we were in school when you were in school when i was in school um and we were just bombarded with education and taking this class and this class and we had this much homework to do like hours of homework to do at night 
and all this stuff and you're overwhelmed with how much you're require all your expectations it's really hard for you to retain basic knowledge like history or mathematics and i said i think that i there was like a gap in time where i was free of school and my mind was freeing up a little bit and now i'm starting to recall all the stuff that i learned that i could like i failed all the tests back in the day but that doesn't mean that i didn't learn it it just wasn't available for me to retain until i could free my mind of all the other stress <laughs> that we does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. You you remembered what you needed to know for testing in school, not random things from history and art and geography and, and mm-hmm. everything else. Um, and I guess even then, as you get older, through reading, whether it be things that you enjoy or uh, you, you just come in contact with more of life, and I guess as you get older, your problem solving, hope, hope to, I hope to God, it gets a little bit better. And then even for the categories or questions or answers that you don't know, you can kind of piece things together and maybe get it in the ballpark and, and get it right. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. But I, I would guess, and I'd have to ask my dad, and, and I don't even know if he'd be able to answer, but I'd be curious or ask a Jeopardy producer, are the questions and, and categories easier now than they were 20 years ago? Um. Or is it just Do what your dad says? Yeah. Is it, or, is, or is it just like you just you just know more? You get smarter. Again, knock on wood. You you hopefully get smarter as you get older. But it is interesting when some of us right when that <laughs> that light goes on and you can you can compete a little bit in Jeopardy. I know. I always feel, but it was because I felt like such a dummy when I was younger that now that I can compete in Jeopardy, I feel like I'm such an intellect. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so smart. <laughs> Watch out, everybody. I know Jeopardy stuff. And then somebody zooms through like two categories in a row and then puts you back in the place where you belong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's funny. That's funny we have the same experience. Oh, I think everybody has that. I think everybody yeah. shares similar experiences with Jeopardy. And on another note that's kind of related to it, um, heads up. Now, that, so shows got a, they got a, they had the shows back in the springtime had to shut down early. They had to start late until all the COVID protocols everywhere could be managed. And then everybody wanted to wait out the election. But I think for the most part, if a primetime network show hasn't returned yet, it's back this week now that we're after the election. Yeah, Grey's Anatomy is coming back. I'm really excited. Yeah, I was thinking uh, my, my Chicago shows and I think SVU premieres this week. Um, yep, and the... Um this is normally the time where Grays is already going out for their like holiday break. So they right. always shut down just before Thanksgiving until January. So hopefully they don't do that this year. Yeah, I'm curious to see how they play that too. Who wasn't it? Didn't one network say they weren't going to do? Oh, Charlie Brown. They're not going to air Charlie Brown. I what the fuck? Like I'm sorry. <laughs> well, well, you're airing everything else. You're not going to air Charlie Brown. Is there some kind of licensing issue? I don't know. Is is Charlie Brown offensive? I mean, Lucy did torture him. They're going to Netflix. Is that what it is? I bet. Yeah, I saw saw people were upset that they weren't going to air that. I was like, so? (laughs) I think it's cute. I like to hear the music. But you're right. I wonder if we're only going to get like three episodes of the show we we like, the shows we like, and then things will go into holiday programming, which is often like from Thanksgiving through the through the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't come back until the end of January. Um, I should look. Do you watch Law and Order shows at all? 
Barely. But yeah, sometimes I catch them every now and then. All right. Well, then never mind. Um, back to uh, to presidential stuff. Uh, loosely speaking, we didn't talk over the weekend, but no. Um, I the temperature outside is quite warm. But I feel like the temperature, civically and societally, has dropped quite a bit. I feel like some normalcy has set back in. I didn't come across any kind of angry Trump supporters that have caused mass chaos. I saw Mike Mike Pence tweeted something today about it ain't over, and he missed he misspelled legal. But as I suspected, <laughs> like you don't have to listen to him as much anymore because he is the outgoing president. When when you're the president, you're 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 the media has to focus on you. But when you're the outgoing, like you, what you say becomes a lot less important, and the focus goes elsewhere. So I I feel a sense of relief over the last several days. I feel relief. I feel a little bit of fear. I forgot who I was watching, but they were describing uh, they were describing something when Obama won. And they said, I was holding my breath when Obama and Michelle were, it was their inauguration day and they were walking through the parade. I didn't want anybody to shoot them. I fear the same thing. And it's yeah. really sad. It's really sad. I fear the same thing for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I'm not calling, you know, all of the Trump supporters like murderous um, terrorists by any means. But um, I, I do feel the same thing. I'm like, okay, this sense of relief, I, I'm worried. I'm too, I'm afraid to give into it. You know what I mean? And allow myself to feel some normalcy again. But um, I do also have people in my family, in my, not in my immediate family, but um, extended family that are Trump supporters and they are surrounded by Trump supporters. So I can see a little bit of what the conversation is like. And there's a lot of like, this election isn't done yet. A lot of praying, like on Sunday, I'm praying to Jesus for these election results. <laughs> like, you know, all of this stuff um, that is just awful. And then um, I had, I went to look at the comment section of WTOL when they commented on something about Kamala today and just seeing the, uh, the temperature of those comments were awful. I mean, everybody was, I think WTOL commented and said, she's the first um, woman of color. And they're like, she's not black. Maybe you should look up what she's been doing for the black people in this country. And it's like all these white folks that are now all of a sudden like, um, marching for black rights around here, <laughs> you know, commenting on Kamala stuff. And I was like, Oh God, this is rough. I turned it. I like I went away from it. I read maybe two or three comments and I was like, OK, got to go. <laughs> so I'm I'm still like I'm I am relieved, but I will not allow myself to give in to that relief just yet, if that makes any sense. No, it does. And I don't want to be too Pollyanna ish, but it's a lot cooler than I expected it to be. And yeah. there's always going to be wild, loud mouths and and radical words like that. I never went there per se before I glance and then back away, but definitely not now, but just, you know, wherever I'm hopping around the internet, there's a sense of some joy. There's a sense of some relief. There's a sense of hope and like a return to normalcy. And really there are enough troublemakers out there and granted they are the extreme minority. Correct. But when just like other people, like when you don't give them the attention, 
most of them gradually fade away. And I sense that's what most of the media all over is trying to do because, you know, that doesn't do anybody any good. And again, I, I'm using the weird temperatures we have here as, as an analogy. Um, I feel like things have really cooled down and there could be some weird stuff. And I, I just see, I, I pulled up usatoday.com and Mike Pence is on the front there saying, don't give up. But you know what? I expected, we expected this. Mm -hmm. Trump has said, look, I'm either going to win or we're going to challenge it in courts. But all the challenge it in court stories and all the legality, like no, no media outlets across the spectrum that I can come across or see is giving that the light of day. And that's right. good because he, we know that presidents or um, presidential candidates in the past have stepped back or conceded for the good of the country. And we know that that necessarily wasn't going to be who this president and what his actions were going to be like, but they don't have to give him the microphone and the platform to keep yelling that. And like I told Bethany and Philip on, on Friday, like with any bully or troll, the more you ignore them, the quicker they are to go away. Um, I would agree. I feel like we've seen some really good examples of that. I can't, I mean, there's at least two or three um, news coverage. Um, there's <laughs> news coverage of the election results where there was a Trump supporter that jumped in and protested and the media, the media, the media is lying to you. The results aren't done. And like you can see the person that's on the mic turn around and wait for them to finish yelling, and then they finish yelling and walk away, and they're like, okay, and where were we? Right. <laughs> like, you know right. what I mean? Like, just the, just that general attitude of like, okay, have your moment, and then we're going to keep going. So, I'm guessing, did you watch or follow any of the stuff from the speeches on Saturday night? I did, yeah, I watched okay. it all. So, let me go back to the springtime when Obama spoke from his living room, when COVID was surging, remember that? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like, a, like a, I remember I was sitting down to have dinner at 4.30, 5, 5, 5.30 or something, mm -hmm. and Obama, in some chill, casual attire, kind of addressed everybody, the country, from his living room. And he was like, hey, everybody, the adult's stepping in. We're going to get through this. Let's follow the scientists. And it was so, it was such a relief to hear. And it was like, this is what leadership looks like. Mm -hmm. And that's how I envisioned what happened Saturday night at 8 o'clock. And from everything I read, that's what happened. Um, it Joe, is what Joe, happened. Joe Biden wasn't going to go out of his way to go, we're really divided. Although I know some of that was said. But it was more about, like, let's just tone down the rhetoric. Because we got a problem here that doesn't care what side of the political spectrum you're on. We all got to come together. He, um, he got praised for his... Um for his speech because he only mentioned Trump one time. Like he did not, you know, he, at this, I feel like from his perspective, the election is over. It's done. I don't yeah. need to go out and tell people all the negative things that Donald Trump has done because it's over now. We have spoken, we have voted and now we can move on. So he didn't even bring up Donald Trump other than to say, and I think you might've heard this other than to say, for those of you who voted for Donald Trump, I understand how you feel. However, I'd like to extend a handout and we can do this together, like that kind of thing. Um, so I, Kamala Harris was all, she's always poised and classy. And to be honest, I, I'm looking to see from her a little bit of what Obama showed. Obama would show his emotions and, you know, um, when he was feeling a certain way, he would never be disrespectful. But if he was angry, you could tell in his tone, if he was sad, he would cry. Um, 
And so I want to see that for Kamala and for Joe. I was moved to like goosebumps when Joe, his, his speech was, it wasn't aggressive, but it was so energetic. It was so, it was so much more energetic than I've ever seen him. It was like, it really was like a rally before a big time football game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it wasn't quite like, um, what's that girl's name? Kimberly Garfoyle or whomever from the Republican National Convention. But um, it wasn't quite like that. But, you know, at one point he was beating on the podium and he's like, black people. He's like, the black voter showed up for me and I will have your back. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm not saying that that's a miracle. I don't believe that, you know, everything is going to be fixed, you know, but just the the energy that he had when he said it. And I do. One thing that I love about Joe Biden is I can feel his emotion. Like when he said and I I think I said this on the podcast before when he talked about how son, how proud he was of his son, Hunter, like it gave me goosebumps because I felt like that was an authentic, true emotion that was that he was sharing with us. And he he brought his dog into the White House, and he and two of them. Yeah, she the one of them is a rescue, and that's a beautiful German Shepherd, by the way. Yeah. But he understands like the nuances of that office like that, and I'm just you know what I wanted all along. Like I wanted to get back to, can we not talk about the president and what he said every right. day? Like I want to get back to that normalcy, and I know that there was a lot of things that never got done in that culture. Yeah. And if there's any good that's come from the last four years, we'll go, if we don't get, everyone in Congress and wherever can go, look, if we don't get things done, we're, we're liable to have that happen again. And you're right, not everything is going to get fixed. Certainly not everybody is going to be happy. But we can turn the temperature down on politics and rhetoric between friends, family members, neighbors, and all of that. And I think we've taken big steps to get started right away because now all Joe's got to do is save the planet and get a lot of people back on the same page. And I saw he put together, uh, I mean, it, uh, well, the, the COVID team. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I love this. The, my mm -hmm. pillow guy isn't there and I can barely pronounce these people's names. That means <laughs> they're really good scientists like that. They're I, smart. <laughs> yes. I didn't, I want, I want people with really deeply, highly educated backgrounds. I didn't want people who have the president's ear because they're famous. And that crew was certainly not that. And I think he might have said it or someone else said it. Like, we're giving this thing back to the scientists and yeah. not pop culture. And you can decry the science all you want, but at least now you have to hear them out. They'll be given a platform to be heard out as to why this is happening rather than someone sneering at them when, you know, we can't get the science right with how novel this virus was. So... And it's, we knew, you know, but we, I knew that Joe's first, his first assignment was going to be COVID because it's like at our front door, like it's in our homes. You know what I mean? It's infiltrating everything. So I knew that that was going to be his first move and it doesn't shock me at all. And I think all the news networks, I, I do, I think they're a little petty. They're certainly shady because they're like Joe Biden and they cut to a little bit of coverage of whatever press conference he's doing. And then they cut to Donald Trump was seen golfing today. Like, <laughs> Like you, uh, since you watched his Saturday night thing and I didn't, you reinforced my thought. He said Trump once. Like you just got to let him fade away and he's going to yell yeah. and scream and tweet. But again, if you ignore the bully or troll, they will go away. I mean, you've already seen like his his election week um, 
lawsuits, many of them already got, I was saying, dismissed. Yeah. 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 Counting votes and discounting lawsuits. Yeah, they got dismissed. I do think it's not going to, I mean, we're certainly still going to hear about him well into next year because I think that the minute, like on January 21st, when he's a regular citizen, there's going to be a whole ton of lawsuits coming at him, I'm sure. Because a sitting president couldn't be indicted, but that doesn't mean that you won't be indicted after you are, yeah. you know, once you're no longer the president. So I think that there's going to be a ton of lawsuits and we're going to hear about a bunch of legal stuff with Trump and the Trump organization and his taxes and, you know, tax evasions and things like that. So I don't think it's going to be the last. And to be honest, my, I have a theory. This could be one of my crackpot theories, but... I feel like after Trump gets out, I would, I mean, and Janet maybe has said it, maybe Janet can say something about it, but he's not going to be president anymore. So that adrenaline is not going to be present. And I'd be curious how his mental health and physical health continues because he's, you know, he's an older person. Um, and now that he's just a regular citizen and life essentially goes back to normal, um, not to say he doesn't have pristine health care, he will. Um, but I'd be curious, you know, I'm like, originally I was like, his mental health is going to go in the shitter. Uh, you bring up two good points. One, that one, um, I, I turn it around the other way. And for that, I always go back to my, my very morbid example is Joe Paterno. Mm -hmm. Like when he got fired and kicked out of Penn state, he died. Yeah. Like his life force, what he lived for was gone. I don't think that's going to happen. So so easily with Trump, but you bring up another point that I didn't even think about. Once he's out of office, like yep. somebody might jerk on his tie and go, if you keep pressing with all these lawsuits, they're going to sue you even more and they will bleed you bankrupt. I think there's already things, I know there's already lawsuits going on. There's just nothing that they can do about them because he's a sitting president that can't be indicted. Right. So um, like his taxes and all of that stuff is going to come out. Um, is going to come to the light. So I think we're going to hear a ton of Trump um, into 2021. He's not, it's definitely not going to go away. And I saw something the other day that was shared by a Trump supporter that I know personally that I haven't chosen to like unfriend or block. They shared a timeline of all of his kids. And so they said, you know, Ivanka can be president 2024 to 2028 and then Don Jr. And then Eric and then um, Melania and then by that time, Barron will be old enough. So they were it, they shared a post that had like the timeline of all the Trumps holding presidency until all of them had like passed. And I'm just like, oh, my God, are you that like, are you that are you are, are that is, is that what you're <laughs> are you the, are you the one that said to me that was trying to get me to believe that he's a cult somebody yes yeah. yes we that, that is cultish yeah and, and it's it's very. Uh, it's very monarch-like, and it's exactly like pe why people didn't want Clinton. They wanted that to end, but yeah. yeah I, but I it's scary. It's very American horror story. I just think with, with every passing day, week, and month, he will slowly fade farther and farther away. And unless you're it, looking for it, yeah, right. And and that will will be less and less people. And I think just how we saw four years ago. Oh, this this seems awful. But then you get mm -hmm. back to day to day life, and you go unless he's tweeting. Your day-to-day -day life isn't really affected a whole lot. I mean, things did get tense at times, but I don't. I think we can safely say that what what Joe Biden says and does will incite far less mm -hmm. from the opposite side than what's happened these four years. So I yes, I do agree with that, but I do like I had been feeling emotions related to this presidency that I could not figure out how to put my finger on, and I almost felt ashamed. I'm like. 
I'm pretty young, so the only other presidency I do remember is Obama because everything after that I was pretty young. Like for George Bush, I remember Kanye saying he doesn't like black people. I remember all the drama with Clinton, but I was just young. So I didn't, you know, I didn't I didn't pay attention to much else. But I'm like I don't I don't think I remember and I don't think I've heard of any president that has literally hurt people's feelings. Right. And they're and they're so far removed from him. Like and has literally hurt people in a way that even people in their day-to-day life haven't done and you don't even know this person and I and I couldn't and I'm just like how is this even happening so it's like and I and um I don't know if you watched it but I I just so happened to be watching CNN when they had called it and so I saw Van Jones I saw his, oh he broke down didn't he oh my god I saw his reaction I was going to text you about that but I said I don't think I heard from Eric the night before so I'm not going to text him the, but <laughs> the only similarity to that would have been something with ending the war in the Middle East because George Bush basically went to war with the Middle East on weapons of mass destruction which never seemed to materialize right and I saw Van Jones his, so I saw his reaction in real time and he said everything that I felt like I had been feeling without knowing how I could knowing how to describe it to another person like a Trump supporter when I'm explaining why I don't support this person and why it's hurtful and and why I have a hard time living with the fact that you do yeah. you know what I mean and it and he explained it so well with the emotions that I think we had all been feeling but didn't would not allow ourselves to express because it's like this is just a president he's just a president yeah, you no, know he's <laughs> no, no president should have that kind of impact on your life unless we're talking about the absolute worst dictator in history who can literally say tonight all the people with the last with the last name that begins with W are going to die right but but he but it but it happened because he it fu- did because he fucking tweeted at 2.30 in the morning. But it happened. You yeah. know what I mean? It no, that You're exactly right. No president should make you feel that way. But there's so many people that he did, myself included. Yep. And um, when Van explained, I was going to send that to you because I'm like, oh, my God, he said everything I was thinking. Yeah. I saw so I'm really happy to get back to Joe and just be more of the same, hopefully. One last thing on that, the, the Van Jones thing. Mm-hmm. It, was, uh, it was definitely trending towards that reaction with what I was watching on on Thursday night, like as, as the week was going on, you could see that more and more emotion and mm-hmm. whatever word he said, I'll use the word, like you could see the deep relief within him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. I felt it. I mean, I was, I just so happened to be with my mom that day. I was at, we were eating breakfast and I was a late breakfast and I was at her house and I felt relief and I cried a little. And I remember, um, I remember the exact moment I found out Obama became the president too, and it was very similar to that. But it was in such a different context because I wasn't crying or happy about Kamala. That was a that was a delayed response. As a matter of fact, it was later that I was like, "Oh my God, that means Kamala!" Oh my God, I was more pleased that like Trump was gone. You know, I was just like, "Cause," and I'll I'll have to screenshot you what I shared. My Facebook memory is reminding me of something I posted four years ago, and it was related to Trump. And I remember how sad I was when I posted that. So I'm like, <laughs> I felt relieved and I shed a couple tears. Um, and then Van said what he said. So then I really shed some tears. And I'm just like, man, I'm, I don't think I should be this affected. <laughs> you know, uh, besides something that's historical, like Kamala, like Obama. I remember I called my dad immediately. I'm like, oh, my God. Um, and that was also my first election that I voted in. But. The sitting president is responsible for the destruction of 
tens of thousands of personal relationships. Yeah, and absolutely. All those seeds were all were always there. Absolutely. He, he watered them and gave them hyperfuel, and and that sucks. Um, a last prediction, and again, we th- this is not meant to be a politics podcast. Everybody that listens, I <laughs> think. Yeah, uh, agrees. We're on the same line here. My last, my last prediction. And I've thought this all along. Um, I believe this will be the greatest team, this greatest output of teamwork during a- any presidency in our lifetime. What do you mean? Oh, oh, with uh, like Buttigieg and. And I wasn't inspired by the by the Avengers video to think this. I've always thought this because Biden yeah. is going to be near 80 and he picked a very powerful woman to possibly be to be the handpicked successor to him for the eight years after this term. Um, and I do think that the cabinet will not look like the Avengers video, but it will tr- it will truly be teamwork. And I, I kind of wished he would have campaigned in that regard, but yeah. you can't because then it make then it makes you look weak, and you can't do that with Trump. But I do think, um, I I mean, if you've ever read Team of Rivals, the Lincoln book, you can see how uh, Lincoln got everybody on the same team and was pulling all the strings. Like I don't know if we'll see something like that so publicly but I do think this next four years will be teamwork of democracy I agree that's a really good point and I am excited to see what the cabinet is going to look like I do think you're going to find a potential Bernie Sanders you're going to get your uh, definitely going to get like a Stacey Abrams in there Um, I'm really excited to see that speaking of cabinets did you see Ben Carson has COVID yes I did because he wasn't taunting it like the president was, right? Yeah. Like, no. Have we checked all the boxes yet for <laughs> high-level former presidential candidates who have spit all over COVID and then gotten it? Yeah, no. So I saw that today and I was like, ooh, poor Ben. <laughs> Speaking of Ben, Saturday Night Live did a skit with Uncle Ben in it and Aunt Jemima and I fell out on the floor. <laughs> I saw... I saw that one pop up of because I was going to ask you because I, I yes. saw so is Dave Chappelle uh, after another election? Yes. So he he was he did the show four years ago after yeah. when Trump won. I think they did that intentionally, but I was just like, oh, this is fantastic. So I saw the Uncle Ben uh, highlight, but I didn't watch the whole thing. What, what do I have to watch from this weekend? Um, what do you mean for the Saturday Night Live? Yeah, do I have to watch? The Uncle Ben, I know... Um, his monologue actually was pretty good, especially at the end. His monologue was um, a very Dave style, though, so it was uh, controversial. Um, not in a way that everybody is talking about it like they did for Bill Burr, but um, it, to me, I was like, ooh. <laughs> ooh. But um, it, was, it was still funny, and it had its true moments. It's very much humor in the... In the, in like the eye of social justice issues and things like that which is what we were talking about dave is trending towards um the skits were funny they weren't i mean there was a couple where i'm like "Mm, i didn't laugh at all like there was a couple skits where i'm like i didn't laugh at all but the aunt jemima one was super funny and i always love um the news the news weekend update with michael shea and colin jost i watch that all the time um it's rudy giuliani (laughs) So, um, oh God, what is her name? She's the most famous one right now. Not Maya Rudolph, the other one. 
Kate McKinnon. McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. Yeah. She played Rudy Giuliani. Oh my God. The, <laughs> the only thing that I didn't think was funny is, she, you know, obviously in SNL, they study everything about you when they're taking on the character. So she was studying what he does with his hands. And it almost mimicked, like, it almost mimicked, it almost looked like she was making fun of a, a person with, like, mental issues or, like, a disabled person. So I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's going to go over too well. But nobody's talking about it because there was so much else to talk about that if, this weekend. <laughs> if there's anybody on Trump's team that he has to go, that's it. We're done. We're going <laughs> golfing. It will be to Giuliani because Giuliani... <laughs> Giuliani was like, um, is He's it Sonny or Pete that does the yap, 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 yap? It's Pete. Okay. Well, yeah, he was full Pete last week, like as early as Wednesday. Yeah, it, he he's not he's definitely not going to quit. But it would um, I love when when they break character because they're laughing, and she did that a couple times playing Giuliani. And in the Aunt Jemima skit, everybody at one point laughed, and even Dave Chappelle. She, they were trying to argue that Count Chocula is a black character, and so the um, Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben were getting fired because they're considered offensive. And she's like, what do you mean? And there's like all these white executives like, we're firing you. We're firing you. And they're like, because you make us look bad, like that kind of thing. Right. And um, and then they brought in Count Chocula and he's like, I'm not black, I'm chocolate. And Dave Chappelle was like, man, would somebody look at Pete Davidson's lips and tell me he's <laughs> not black? Uh. It, was, it brought me so much joy. I love it. I only want... But I don't watch it at night. I watch it the next day. I watch you're, it on Sunday mornings. You're the only person I know that watches it religiously. I have not until I have not watched SNL until I watched um, Eddie Murphy uh, because I said, "Oh, this is going to be funny." So I watched Eddie Murphy in the spring, and I'm like, "Oh, I am hooked." And and then they went. I think he he was the finale for that season. Yeah. So then when it came back, I started watching it, and it was who was it that started it? I don't remember. I don't. It wasn't Adele, was it? When they were they were doing the uh, well, they did the SNL at home with Tom Hanks and other people oh, I didn't in the watch spring. That. I didn't watch and that. And Adele might have been the first one back. I don't remember. It, it it was only a couple of weeks ago, but it it seems like longer. So now I've been watching it religiously, and I'll watch it on Sunday morning with my coffee, like after I've gotten up and taken the dogs out and all that stuff, and have a good laugh to start my day. And I think it's I'm like, are they getting funnier, or did I just never watch? I think it's just because I never watched. It's easy to write this stuff during election season. It is. Though, especially <laughs> with this cast of people. It is. Um, kind, not not politics, but uh, I see the Coca-Cola workers are still striking. Mm. Somebody who has been sending me some things said, yeah, it's over health care and health care costs. And I've read in some of the local news stories that it's about like COVID cleanliness. But this thing doesn't seem to be trending too well. And I've tried to be very diplomatic and thoughtful to this person who's been telling me these things over direct message. And I was just like, this, this sucks for, you know, these workers because, you know, how long I said, how long can this last? I, I think Coke might've brought in scab workers and uh, not to have another long drawn out discussion about unions, but uh, th- this isn't going to go. This is why corporations can just crush people because mm-hmm. the, they're middle-class workers can only strike for so long before you run out of money and yeah. they they have endless money and even if they have the kind of money um even if they 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 
face a tarnished reputation for a couple of weeks. Something else in the news cycle will come along where they can just buy back people who, who left the brand so that there's no real big loss. Yeah, yeah. I've got nothing on the Coke stuff. I thought that, may, I was like, oh, I wonder if they're building up momentum. It seems like there's more people out there, but it was also the weekend. Um, yeah. I've got nothing. Yeah, I was surprised. It did pop it up in, in the news this week, and I was like, like I talked about last week, you picked a bad week to strike with the election mm-hmm. and everything. In fact, I, I hadn't noticed this until last week. My uh, my old company, until Friday afternoon, it took me to know, my old company has been doing another, uh, whether they want to call it dislocating employees, reduction in force, reorganization. Like, this is another mass scale all of those and I was like those motherfuckers they did it during election week because so after there was uh, oh yeah after the company was bought by Bain Capital or Bain Capital started to oversee the finances in like 2007-2008 on elect on inauguration day 2009 they cut like 30% of the company mm. so and they've had half a dozen or more layoff uh, layoff weeks between then and now, but to do it during election week, and it was just like a marathon. Every day there were more, but not, not to, to knock just them. ESPN also had like a massive layoff last week as well. So it's, uh, it's, it's dirty to do it. It's dirty to do it um, under the disguise and cover of an election, the biggest one in our lifetime. I have been in one mass layoff where I also got laid off, and it's actually what brought me here to Toledo. And it was awful. Like it was, you knew it was coming. Everybody knew that people were getting laid off. People were like being picked off left and right. Like almost like a fucking, like a, like an apocalypse or something. Like people were being picked off left and right. Like in your office, you know, people would come back from a meeting crying. And then I remember the last day of layoffs, my boss called me and said, Hey, can you meet me in my office? Yeah, sure. She goes, okay, we're going to go for a walk. I lived, I worked at a hospital that was the size of, I don't know, double the size of ProMedica, Toledo Hospital. And I had to walk all the way across the hospital with her, like the walk of death, all the way across to the executive side of the hospital and then into a room where I found out I was getting laid off. I'm like, why couldn't you just email me? (laughs) I know. Jesus. uh, The the layoff feeling, I, I got it twice from the same person and it, and it sucked, but, um, it sucks to see uh, there's a lot of people who do what I do and they won't do this anymore because those jobs are now gone forever. And my fear is that they were going to happen whether or not COVID had happened or not. Yeah. Yeah. That I, yeah. With the way that that, um, the market is going in that uh, field of that line of media. I agree. This is why we stuff. this is why we podcast to get people to uh, to to extend the brand other ways and prepare. I don't know what pod, I don't. It's in the archive of um, backlogged of podcasts, but we had one conversation where we talked about a plan A and a plan B. Yeah, we're we're still on plan A and plan B comes up like every two weeks and uh, yeah. No, not you. I mean, like you, you're definitely. I know where you're at. I'm talking about other people. Uh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Um, any uh, anything else we got to get to? I mean, I, I'm more than happy to laugh and snicker that Michigan lost again. Nope, no, nothing about that either. So, uh, cool. d- you did see that Dale's got dinged by the Ohio agency, right? 
I did. So I was, I actually was in that neighborhood this weekend. I drove past Dale. So I am a bonehead and we've been talking about this for so long. <clears throat> I was going across the bridge to to like downtown mommy, like in that direction. Mm -hmm. And I was in the right, I didn't realize you can't go straight in both lanes anymore. And so <laughs> here I am all the way up at the light by the church and I had to turn right into the neighborhood. So I had to kind of do a loop-de-loop -loop to come back to downtown mommy and I drove right up on Dale's and I was like, oop, nobody's wearing a mask, no social distancing. What the hell is going on? I was with um, Thomas's sister and I was just pointing out to her. I was like, <laughs> that bar has been in the news a couple times. And then the next day it came out that they're um, under investigation again. I got to find the story and we can wrap up with this because the quote is so great. Let me see if I can find it. And while you find it, I mean, how many times had we said, uh, and I forget, I, there was, it was like a tactical store or something and they had a sign on their door that said, we respect your rights. We won't be asking you to wear a mask. And I'm like, okay, it's one thing to respect the rights of your citizens. It's another to ensure the longevity of your business and your employees. You know what I mean? This is not going to help the situation. And while you may be tight right now because you had to close, it's worse than being closed altogether and having to lay everybody off and losing your only source of income. They're taking they're taking away the freedoms and rights of their. their oh my god! <laughs> like, would I, you rather would you rather your freedom taken away a little bit or or your money? <laughs> I, I'm look now now that the election is over, I'm not having that discussion ever again. Okay. Uh, it's from the Blade at Dale's Bar and Grill. Owner Bill Anderson has been openly defiant about the rules, stating on Facebook he believes they are unconstitutional and too onerous for small businesses like his. Dale's came Dale's came up with its own policy of not requiring employees to wear masks. You don't get to do that. He did it. He and did I, it. And you know what? I hope now they find him into oblivion. But that's what and so that's the part that frustrates me I think the most like you have you you have employees that you're responsible for. I mean, I don't know how many discussions I've had to have with my employees and I'm like, "Listen, would you do you want to close <laughs> like <laughs> you know what I mean I'm just I, I you have a business and employees that you're responsible for and I mean the employee has the right to leave uh, obviously and get another job but they shouldn't be forced into it because you don't want to like abide by state safety laws I get that they're inconvenient right now but like they're only inconvenient until we can all get it together so that we can get this under control and move on and it's pretty obvious that the world is in lockstep with this. Like nobody, yeah. be, nobody beat this. Nobody beat back the virus. Don't trust a thing you hear out of China because that's all. That's all propaganda. Like look at places that have some kind of freedoms, like Italy and Spain and Philip over in the UK. Like nobody was going to beat this, but because we weren't even more stringent and responsible and careful over the summertime it allowed it to flex a, an even stronger muscle and yeah it, it sucks and, and i get it um but this is where we are and I, this is not some me laying down kind of attitude or even trying to convince myself and depending on what level of facial hair i am sporting at a given moment my <laughs> my masks are are problematic depending on if i'm talking but you know what I have some cool ass masks and I don't like, I don't, I don't dislike in the least being able to rock them. 
I um, have adjusted how I wear makeup nowadays. I barely wear any, actually. I'll pop on some eyebrows and mascara, and that's it, because I'm going to be wearing a mask. And I feel like I've kind of lost some body fat in my chin and neck area because I have to hold up my mask while I'm talking. I ha- I'm trying to hold on to it while talking so it doesn't fall down. So I'm working my <laughs> working my jaw yeah. <laughs> a lot. So I'm like, nah, I won't complain. I do think it's going to be interesting, though, as we as we um, get into the next phase where we're talking about vaccines and who's getting what we had like a little micro conversation about that here and Jordan's like you're being irresponsible and I'm like no I want to wait for that vaccine that's historically like historically most black people say that but I'm just like no not gonna get it right away like you know I volunteer myself I have no fear I'll take you volunteer tribute he said the same thing and I'm like I respect that I just I'd rather wait. I don't want to grow 10 toes. And I'm being sarcastic when I say that, obviously. But um, that's going to be an interesting, it's going to be an interesting place that we're in where there's a vaccine. And I think today the report was like Pfizer hopes to have at least 100 million available by March. But those are going to go to priorities. So like yeah. older um, first responders, medical professionals, older people, um, compromised people, and then to the, you know, healthy adults. And all, when I spoke to a friend of mine at ProMedica, he told me that somebody like me, Mm -hmm. uh, we shouldn't expect to get the vaccine until the end of next year. I believe it. 100%. I believe it. uh, You can, you can use me as a, as a monkey or whatever. I'll take your, uh, I'll take your trial. And you know what? If I die, all my, I will, I, I will marry you quickly before I die, and you can have that that hundred million dollar settlement they have to make. Oh my God, would you? Would you marry me? <laughs> yes, because. Uh, oh, could you imagine? Can we have a wedding? <laughs> yeah, everything you want. You you want you want that ten million dollar wedding? You get it as long as Pfizer's <laughs> as long as Pfizer's ready to write that check. That's funny. That's hilarious. All right. Well, have a good rest of your evening. <sighs> I'm going to try. And uh, maybe you can come up with some uh, some, some game plan for my uh, our, our pre-podcast talk. Well, yes, but you also need to think about what I said. Think about that. Because I feel like your first response was like, no, I don't do that. I'm like, but do you, though? And you don't realize it. <laughs> and how much of an impact no, does that have on you? No, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. No matter how small, maybe it, maybe it's something. So, Yep. All right, I'll talk to you later on. Bye.